Hey there, welcome and thank you for clicking the buttons to listen to the Love Shack Radio. Love Shack Radio is usually recorded live at Hunter College at the WHCS studio in Manhattan. Interested in being on the show? Think we should interview someone of interest or have a bit of advice you'd like to give Sam? Please contact us through email at the Love Shack. That's S-C-H-A-C-K at gmail.com, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening. You're now tuned in to the Love Shack Radio. Welcome to The Love Shack, the first episode of 2015. We are finally back at the one and only WHCS Hunter College radio station. And what better way to start off than with some live performance with a very talented young man from Long Island, Scott Fitzpatrick. Hello. Who currently lives in Bushwick, Brooklyn section of New York, but is originally from Massapequa Park, Long Island. We are really fortunate to have him in the studio today, along with his uh, band member, Right Said Fred, as I like to uh, <laughs> call him, because he's kind of on the right, but he's like the uh, yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so, Scott, will you yes. please play a song for us? Absolutely. And and give us the title of it. Uh, this song is called Aura Camera. I'm falling apart. I know there's wisdom in giving up, but I can't seem to cut off the frequency. a question without knowing the answer inherently Like if I wore it on my sleeve Would it be easier to find me What I'd rather not become Is what it takes to remind me so heavily into being It weighs nothing, it weighs everything These are the tools I hold To navigate an endless world To navigate an endless world To navigate an endless
Wow, that was awesome. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. So, in the brief, I didn't mention this, but you are in a band, and mm-hmm. you founded this fantastic music venue in Bushwick called Suburbia. Correct. We are going to talk about that later, but I wanted to let the listeners know that we are in, you are in the midst of hearing a entrepreneur. On of the, sorts. Uh, of sorts, on the radio. I've had a lot of help. So, first off... You grew up in Long Island, mm-hmm. suburban Long Island, if you will. Um, could you talk about your kind of musical upbringing? How did you get into music? Did you have a musical household? Are your siblings musical? Uh, yeah, sort of. My dad um, grew up playing piano. He was a rock organist in a band in high school. His claim to fame was I think he played to a room of over 100 people on some sort of um, like battle of the bands or something but my first physical introduction to music was my brother playing drum kit in the basement he started off playing drums in the band he got a drum set Um, and then naturally it was my turn to pick an instrument so I chose first bass and then I forayed into yeah bass 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 Uh, yeah first that's what I wanted to do my dad said you should learn guitar because then you could play bass you know, anytime. And so that's what I did. And I started playing uh, guitar when I was 12 or 13. Fun fact, I also picked up bass as like my first real instrument. Yeah. But previous to that, while I was in middle or elementary school, saxophone was my first instrument and I hated it. Mm. The music teacher made me hate music. Did you also have like a um, a precursor to the bass? Truth be told, uh, violin... Okay. Fourth and fifth grade um, stringed instrument. I wanted to play upright bass. The teacher told me that my fingers were too small. So I had to pick something that was a little bit more, you know, my scale. And I ended up picking the violin. Which is like a mini bass. Yeah, sort of. That's what she said. Um, Yeah, so I started playing violin. Could not read a lick of music. Didn't want to learn. I'm like classically bad at math. I just don't. That's not my world. I'm all feeling. So I memorized all of the songs for fourth and fifth grade orchestra by heart. Hmm. And then by fifth grade, I was done with it and didn't pick it up again. Didn't pick up strings on guitar until about seventh grade. Elementary school musical education is something that I thought a lot about because... It's such like a critical time in like a young developing mind to like really take in music and what mm-hmm. it means. And I feel like so often, if kids are even lucky enough to have musical education, it just goes right over their heads. Yeah, you could really capture the minds. Oh, yeah. But I think it's just not, I mean, for me, it just, it didn't 100% click. Like I loved music and I knew that mm-hmm. and I grew up playing my dad's upright piano and I could mess around as much as I wanted to, but when it came to reading the music, I just wasn't there, and I never, I never got that. But the feeling was always there. So, for me, it captured my mind. But you know, being in the orchestra did not stick. What is the first album you remember listening to, and the first album or albums that you bought in a store? Um, first. First thing that comes to mind is the Ace of Bass tape. 
the I saw the sign single was huge. I, I don't know how old I was, but um, I remember my mom surprised me by bringing home the Ace of Bass tape. Because she thought you would like it or she yeah, found she it knew, at the She store. knew I liked the single on the radio and, um, you know, out of the kindness of her heart. And she's a wonderful woman. She brought home this this tape for me, a music tape. And I, you know, it, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal to her, but it blew my mind. And you know, listening back, they're you know, they're just whatever, they're just pop radio thing. But it really, it really set me off. Um, but after that, when I started playing guitar, seventh grade around that time, Nirvana, absolutely. I bought the. Nevermind CD off of one of the members of the lacrosse team that I was on. And uh, and then after that, I quit lacrosse because I picked up guitar. And I, I started skateboarding more, and I totally quit organized sports. And I was after that, I was just totally enamored. I was a punk. You know, I see you as a lacrosse player. I was, and I, and I, was, gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. Tall and fast, I was a long stick. Uh, midi, so I stayed on our half of the field, but I had that long stick. Mm. And looking back, it's ridiculous that they give uh, pubescent boys a long metal pipe to hit people with. They gave me a long stick, and I was able to run back and forth on our side of the field. Up you're to the you're almost like a defense player. I was a defense yeah. player, but I was able to, if one of the midfielders stayed back, I was able to cross over with my <laughs> long stick. And, you know, run it. I have not seen one lacrosse game, and I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you're missing out. It is an actual position, long stick midi. Um, it's too much explanation for here, <laughs> but yes. That uh, can be the next show. Yeah. So, yeah. so you played in high school. I did. I did. So tell me about um, kind of... The, the scene that you were in in high school and because I know especially in the, in the kind of music that you play now the music is like centered around a community mm-hmm. did you find that in high school was it later on in college I did I found it um, so I got into Nirvana I got into playing the guitar uh, punk music I guess you could say but it wasn't until a couple years after that when I met what you would call the suburbia crew um, a lot of the the kids that I met in high school that got me into ska and punk and that scene, that community, was a little bit after that I found the music on my own. And for a while, I was listening to like Nirvana, Sonic Youth. Uh, I met I met a bunch of my friends like Fred here. Um, a little bit further into my high school career, they got me into ska. And I went to my first show maybe in, like, 8th or ninth grade. And the community was just so surprising to me. We went to a show in the basement. It, it was a basement bar that would host shows. It was in the basement, and they would do punk shows. And my first show, uh, the... The band I was watching, World Inferno Friendship Society, was lighting their symbols on fire, and they were wearing like f- full three-piece suits and just completely freaking me out. I had no idea how to react, and I was totally in love with it. So the community at from the from the get-go was very strong. So I grew up in a similar community in New Jersey, 
Um, and when I would hear about, you know, shows in Long Island with like Glassjaw and Movie mm-hmm. Life and Taking mm-hmm. Back Sunday, it was like this other world. Were you also connected into that or you kind of just had more of a local um, I was scene. there. I mean, Taking Back Sunday was definitely a local band. They came out of Amityville, which was one town over from me. Um, where the Amityville horror. Yeah, yeah. Occurred. Amityville horror, is, that's what it's famous for. But uh, bands like Brand New, um, uh, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, Jeff Rosenstock, who is still going now. All those shows I was a part of. It, my dad drove us uh, in the minivan. So um, I, I was a part of that, but I was not playing in bands that played with them. Tell me about one of your fondest memories and one not-so-fun memory from that time. I would say, uh, looking back on the first show that I went to, uh, World Inferno Friendship Society, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, um, some, other, some other bands at the time that were very important to me, that's my fondest memory. Um, one of my least fond memories is when I asked my dad to drive us to a punk show and I told him to go to the wrong town because I, <laughs> I just didn't know. And he stopped the car and yelled at me in front of all my friends. Like, how could you tell me to go to the complete opposite direction? And I've just felt like, oh my God, I should have known. It, it was embarrassing. I mean, in his defense, how could you tell him to go into the wrong town, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I've never had really a bad situation within the scene. It was kind of just, that was an embarrassing moment for me. So when did you start playing in bands and kind of contributing to the music uh, scene and community that was going on? Um, I started playing in bands that played out um, in early high school. Uh, I was in a band. I joined a band that was already called No Talent. Um, and this is with a lot of the suburbia people that you know. Um, some of the people you went to college with with me. Um, it was like at maybe at its most, it was like a seven or eight piece band. We had like a full horn section. I was playing guitar. We had two guitar players, a singer who just sang. And uh, we played like a, a backyard. We played a front yard. Uh, we graduated to playing the downtown. Do you remember the downtown? Yeah. Um, we played a, uh, it was a battle of the bands. Uh, we, we branched out. We played Connecticut. Um, Fred here was in a rival ska band called the Super Cools. Uh, we was were, there any hostility? There, we were enemies. Um, but then we ended up, the No Talent ended up taking Fred hmm. and one of their horn players and <laughs> integrating them into No Talent. Sounds like the beginning of a gang war. Yeah, and, and one of our suburbia people now... Um, was in the Super Cools, and he, that's when we became really big rivals, and he didn't like me. We were kind of like enemies, but not really. Um, it was just one of those high school things. And, uh, and so that was like, it was mostly ska bands in high school. Same here. Doing the skanking dance in a circle. and What was the name of your ska band? I, I personally wasn't in a ska band. Come on. Um, <laughs> there was one band in my town called Not For Resale. 
I feel like I've heard of that. That's a good yeah. ska band but name. That's also like, just like, that could be a ska band name. Hopefully some anyway. of the guys who I still am in touch with from that band are listening, so shout out to New Jersey Ska. <laughs> shout outs. So you're going to play another song. I am. Um, tell us what the song is called and what's it about. Um, this song is called Out of Love. I wrote it two years ago. It's actually uh, at a time when I was really frustrated. I was very much in love with somebody who at the time I was just friends with. And I didn't know if it was appropriate to, you know, bre- breach that gap and be like, hey, I love you. You know, and I actually ended up doing that, and we live together now, and we've been dating for two years. See what happens? Yeah. but it uh, up, and then write a song about it. But the it, song you know, is so. just me being, like, really down and like, oh, what do I do? Um, but I ended up, at, at the end of the song, I ended up being, okay, I'm going to be happy no matter what. And that's what the song Out of Love is about. All right. So Out of Love on the Love Shack Radio. <laughs> get it out of my head that I'm dying you let me stay in your bed we kept our clothes on like last time in your room's a mess it perfectly reflects the state we're in Right now all I know is I'm just skin and bones and I'm disappearing And when I try to hold the things that I don't own It gets disappointing No room for me to this degree. Still, I could kill myself and die happy. I've made the choice between love and being free. That was great. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. So let's talk about the venue in Brooklyn, which, if you're just tuning in, is called Suburbia. How did that come about? And did your time in the high school music scene influence you in creating this venue and community? I'm going to answer that last question first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Seeing... VFW, small bars, independent spaces do that kind of thing 
we had been in it for a while. We've been attending shows. It always seemed natural after a while, especially through attending college and doing it out of our apartments, um, that we could do it on our own. And that um, our bands that we were, we had been in at the time, we were never fully accepted. It always seemed like there was these other bands on Long Island that were just like, they were all friends, everybody loved them, everybody would come out to see them, and we would play with them. And I don't think that we were any less good. I just felt like we were a little bit, we were outliers. And um, the only way to truly get that feeling was to create that scene on our own. So after we graduated college, um, a few of our friends had moved into a... I think it was a three-bedroom apartment. Um, turned the like the living room into a show space. The drummer would literally set up in the closet and play out from there. And then the next that was called Nottingham. The next space was called um, Emerald City, which you had been to. Yeah, that was a little bit bigger, a little more like a hamster cage for a moving mountain show. Shout yeah, out to Greg shout and Frank. Up. Greg and Frank. And Nick. What up? And we had Prawn there, and we had a lot of great bands play there, and that was a little bigger. And then uh, when it was time to move from there, Suburbia, the space that we're at now, is um, much bigger. It's about 5,000 square feet. Um, The show space is uh, about a third of the apartment. It's got a little stage. It's got a sound system. And um, 10 of us had... um, Decided to move in and build it together, build walls, um, build the room out so that it was good for live music, make it nice. Um, uh, And really, like, I helped start it. Like, I was there, but everybody else was really, like, huge instrumental part. Like, we're all definitely a big part of Suburbia's fruition. So... Suburbia is located in the Bushwick area of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which is in northern central Brooklyn area. Um, Bushwick, if you don't know, in listener land, um, over the past 20 years has gone through this um, complete change from a lot of low-income minority families to rich white, high rents in real estate. Um, There's a lot of talk of gentrification, not only um, on the end of, you know, people who are in these communities, but also the artists that live in these communities. Um, What's your take on it, and how do you feel like you play into this kind of mishmashy, gray, sludge pot of, of gentrification in New York? I don't know. Um, we definitely moved to that area because it was um, less money to live there. And we definitely do not have a lot of money. Um, what it seems to be is that the people who don't have money, artists, doesn't matter who you are, they move into an area, they make it cool. And then the people who have more money and who are less talented want to move there, making everything more expensive. I have not given a lot of thought to gentrification or the politics of it. 
I just try and be a good person to everybody and you know it works out um but yeah even now Bushwick where I live now I'm going to move to another spot that's less money um further out so um it's definitely just kind of like a game that we're unfortunately all a part of and um there are i don't know who the winners or losers are because it seems like we're all losing why do you say that uh because we i still don't have money the people who live there still don't have money and you have to kind of move to where you can afford it kind of just repeats itself over and over again and um i don't I don't know. Maybe I maybe I am to blame for being the person to find that spot first and then everybody else wants to be there. I don't know. I don't know. I just hope that being a good person is enough. It's a hard question to answer. You know, it's... Hey, we ask the tough questions <laughs> on the Love Shack radio program. <laughs> and we're going to keep asking them. Um, do you consider yourself political at all? Do you follow... Uh, politics in New York, national stage politics. Um, from what I could gather about your music, from listening to it over the years, it's not really geared towards, you know, an activist viewpoint or political viewpoints. Um, I, I'm not a political person. Um, my my whole platform, to use a political term, is to change from the inside out. So if you want to change the world, you change yourself. Uh, and that's what most of my lyrics are about. What within me can change to see things differently on the outside? I, I totally believe in that you create the world that you live in. And maybe that's like hippie or like not good enough for somebody. But for me, uh, it works. And I've seen changes coming from my changes in attitude. Do you consider yourself a Brooklynite? Uh, yes, in a sense. I wouldn't say, oh, I'm from Brooklyn. But I would say I do live in Brooklyn. I know how to live in Brooklyn. I know how to act. Uh, and at the moment, I'm looking at apartments in Ridgewood, Queens. So Shout out to Queens. Shout outs to Queens. Um, maybe soon I'll say I'm, I'm a Queensite? A Queensman? I, I don't know what the, uh, the personable... Quinai? A queen. You're a queen from, from Queens. I'm a queen. Um, as I'm sure you probably listen to a lot of music, being a musician, mm. right? Yeah. Um, Tell us maybe something either music-wise or other media-wise that we might be surprised that you're consuming right now. Um, most recently today, um, I admitted to myself that I like Robin. She's like a dance-pop singer, mm -hmm. and she has songs like Call Your Boyfriend and Hang With Me. And I realized... Yeah, she's fantastic. She's, she's great. From, I think she's from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's surprising to me because I've been listening to like Swerve Driver and this band from New Jersey called Room Runner. These like really kind of like 90s-esque, like almost like dirty sounding like rock bands. And here comes Robin. And I'm like, 
I kind of relate to you. So how does that come up? Like, are you listening to Spotify and randomly just out of the blue, I, hey, I'm going to check out Robin? Or your girlfriend says, hey, I like I My like girlfriend. Robin. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend, I, w- I visited her at work yesterday, and her and her friend were there doing things at work. Um, and they put on a Robin, a mix of Robin's, like, their favorite songs. And uh, my girlfriend, like, loves, like, all types of music. Like, she's gotten me into some really awesome, like, cool indie bands. Like, very eclectic taste. But she put on Robin. And at first I was like, mm, this is kind of girly. I don't know. And then I was like, yeah, call your boyfriend. I was like, yeah, I can get into this. I totally, it, like, it's produced extremely well. The lyrics are heartfelt. And, yeah, that's that's one surprising thing about me. And other media? Do you listen to podcasts, watch TV, um, video I, games? I don't listen to podcasts. Uh, I don't play video games. I don't play games. Um, I TV, uh, anime. Uh, I've recently watched Rain the Conqueror, which just has one season. It's the same person who do, does uh, Eon Flux which was like that MTV show that was mm-hmm. popular in the 90s. Yeah. Um, it had one season. It was about the exploits of Alexander the Great and absolutely loved it. So like anime was something I've been consuming recently that I've never really liked before. Do you do any physical activity? Play sports? I, um, Work out? We know lacrosse. Back in high school, I went to the gym two weeks ago. Okay. I haven't been back since. But uh, it's that's a start. Um, but yeah, not much physical activity besides drums. Now I play drums in another band called Never. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend Leanne actually sings and plays guitar in it. Cool. My best friend Chris plays bass. We've been a band for a year. We played our first show last Friday. Uh, we're playing another show this Sunday with Chumped, Roger Harvey, and the Wildlife, and Timeshares, which is going to be really great. But drums have been really physical for me because guitar, you just stand there and strum. But drums has been like the most activity for me. But I've seen um, your bands play before and it's not sedentary. I mean, you guys move around. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, You guys break sweats. I do break a sweat. Uh, As I get older, though, that movement kind of like gives way to being able to play the instrument a little cleaner. Okay. Which is nice. Uh, but yeah, drums. It's all about drums right now for me, physical activity. Let's talk about the music that you're creating right now. Sure. Um, if I say so myself, I feel like it's in the uh, the emo genre. Now, for yeah. me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the definition and kind of connotation behind emo has changed modes and modalities um, every couple months, I, I hear people are talking about, um, you know, just different bands that that strike them as emo bands. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to you today to to either be in an emo band or part of that kind of artistic creation? And when I was doing some research on your newest album from Living Room called Mooncatcher. Chaser. Moon Chaser, I'm sorry. <laughs> that actually would have been a better name. Wait, is, is Moon Chaser the name of the uh, James Bond movie? I don't That's know. That's probably why I screwed it up. 
Um, someone classified you guys as dreamo. When we first started the band, we thought that would be a cool genre to make up and claim for our own. So uh, if you look at our Facebook, I think it says dreamo. Like we're Dreamo or file under Dreamo. Oh, okay. And, and for for me, that just kind of meant it was emo. Okay, so first of all, emo means to me taking responsibility for your feelings, for your life. It means being an emotional being. We all are. There's no reason to hide that. And then Dreamo kind of took it one step further where it kind of makes it like this kind of like ethereal, like it's not like solid like like matter but it's kind of you know life is very wishy-washy and it's kind of definitely on the whim of how you feel and life is a dream so dreamo sounded good to me at the time i can dig that nice I, when i when i read it i was like wow why didn't anyone else come up with that yeah sooner um while i was doing research on some of the interviews that you were uh doing for the album um you were quoted as saying that while you were recording it you were going through a difficult time Mm -hmm. um could you kind of lead us through um you know the songwriting process and and kind of what kind of things were contributing to the the songwriting sure um a lot of the songs at the time and a lot of these songs were written like three four Four years ago at this time um i had just split with my college girlfriend we had been dating for a few years i was very much into that relationship and what happened was she decided that our lives were going in different directions and she had broke up with me and then just never talked to me again like literally disappeared and i was like so heartbroken over that because I wanted closure. I wanted to be friends. I was holding on very much so uh, to the idea of that relationship and that woman. And um, to have it kind of just taken away really threw me for a loop. And it was at a time when I really didn't know how to deal with it. So the best way to deal with it was to write songs about it and... um, I'm never, I don't know if I'm ever really like attacking her in the songs. I'm kind of just like addressing how I felt about it because ultimately I think that's fine. It's fine. If you don't want to be with me, you can go and that's how you decide to do your thing. Uh, And writing these songs really, really helped me get closure, the closure that I couldn't get from her. Um, And so th- that's what a lot of my inspiration was. And then there were other things, just like the dreamy stuff that kind of, you know, you wake up in the morning and you kind of recall what you dreamt about the night before and everything's kind of weird. And just putting that into words, I think, really helped me recover. Do you feel like people within this music genre are, they tend to be kind of more. Uh, in touch with like their mental health and depression, um, I, I, maybe there has been, but you don't hear about suicides as much as you do, like in the emo world, because it seems like everyone is just like open with their emotions, and that's the way it is, and we're going to live with it, and we're going to deal with it out in the out in the open. Versus, you know, in in 
heavy metal and rock. It's very like ambiguous and open to interpretation. And mm. then you hear people just like jumping off of buildings or overdosing on drugs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tend to happen really as yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, at least with like emo, um, it doesn't have that like tough guy attitude. You could kind of express yourself and kind of talk through it. Where almost those other harder genres, which you know we we play hard songs, but those genres that are they feel like tough guys. Like you kind of have to put up a front, and then that's all bottled up, and then you jump off a bridge because you you just kept it in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, it comes back to that sense of community, where if you're having a hard time, you can say something, even if it's like on Facebook. I'm having a hard time. And some people are fishing for compliments or support. But I think it, the community is definitely there to kind of wrap itself around you. And you can find your answers or some, there's a portion of the answer within the music you listen to. So where do you envision the band moving towards in the future, the uh, dreamo, emo musical scene? in New York going and what's next um well right now we're writing a a bunch of songs which still sound like us I don't think they're as technically like not as like noodly technically sounding as the Moon Chaser album um I think that Within the genre, I think people are getting more in more in touch with their feelings and more honest with themselves. And I think the genre has a chance to grow and change. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be like pigeonholed into one sound. I think emo can encompass a lot of different sounds. Uh, the new title fight album. Uh, you've heard it. I love it. It's I'm incredible. I'm so glad that you brought it up because. Um, <laughs> I've been a fan of theirs. Um, Floral Green was where I discovered them, but mm-hmm. then I got into uh, the one before. Shed. Shed. Which they have evolved in this most amazing way. And I yeah. was reading a little bit online how a lot of their fans are upset with the kind of the trajectory that they've went on. But I think for like their I don't want to call them kids because I'm sure they're only a couple years younger they're than like, us. But they're like, they are kids. They're like 24. I mean, it's just amazing to see that evolution of music and and that's in that that's world. kind of what I'm talking about because they they took their sound. It was like pop punk hardcore, and then over time changed it. And each time they sound like themselves. And now they're in this kind of like shoegazy hardcore mix that. It's still completely emo. It's still honest and real and raw. And they're one of the few bands right now that I could reference to say that they're doing. I think a lot of bands are going to sound like them in the future. And that's kind of separately, but not completely. Living Room is going that way. We're getting a little bit darker, a little bit heavier, and more honest. Fantastic. So to take us out for the show you are going to play a cover. Uh, That's true. Um, This is actually a a cover I've wanted to play on or for something for a long time. It's called Postman by American Analog Set. Uh, They're a band I've liked for a long time. And this song kind of, the theme kind of goes along with the Moon Chaser songs. Um, 
on our that's our latest album and the song it's just kind of how I felt in the past. It's kind of like that longing from a distance feeling and that's why I really want to play it tonight. I'd like to thank WHCS Hunter College Radio for doing this special presentation of the Love Shack Radio to Danny, who's in the studio right now as I am talking, looking at me, doing a great job on the mixer. Just such an amazing mind on the boards. So thankful for you, Danny. Um, Sarah, the station manager. Scott, Fred for joining me today. Everyone uh, for listening. Continue to listen to us because we're going to be back with more exciting guests and musical performances Take it easy, New York and Radio Land. See you next time. Love Shack Radio Woo-hoo! Program, WHCS Hunter College Radio. I watch the sun come up while you're sleeping it off You go out for your news Curse your smoker's cough I bring your bills to
shows.